morning, good morning. This is the Impact Man, and you know what time it is. It is time to rise and grind. So go ahead, grab your cup of coffee, grab your device, and let's get into this word. Good morning, brothers. What's going on? It's so good to be with you. Welcome to Morning Meditation for Men with your host, Pastor S. Jeffrey Munts. I'm so glad that you're taking time out of your schedule to hang out with me for a few moments today. Listen, uh, full disclosure, like I like to do on here, um, I was sitting here and debating if I was going to release the podcast today. I constantly heard in my ear consistency, consistency. So we're going to talk about something that I believe is important for all men to grab hold of. There is something that the enemy releases into our ears that tells us that we can't when God has clearly given us permission to do. So I want to talk about, and I'm not going to be on here long. I want to talk about fear. I want to talk about uh, what fear will do. And I want to talk about how to get out of that and how to, as you are traversing your days, as you are traversing your moments, as you are making decisions for your life, for the life of your family, that you understand you cannot operate in a place of fear. Because when we operate in a place of fear, we do not operate in a place of freedom and we don't operate in a place of faith. So that being said, let's kind of get into this. Um, Got a few different scriptures and I'm going to bounce around with those scriptures, but I want us to really get into this. And and primarily, I want to give you some scriptures that are going to help you that you can go throughout your day and you can begin to confess these scriptures as you are going throughout your day so that lives, your life will be changed and even the people's lives around you will be changed. All right. All right. I'm going to start off right here. Hebrews chapter two, Hebrews chapter two, verse number 14. It says this, therefore, Since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all of their lives. Okay, so the setup here is um, I was reading and I was just reading and reading for myself and and, and, and this popped up um, and, and the setup here is Jesus Christ did something for us. He first and foremost, he came into the world in a fleshly form. 
So to get a clear understanding of who Jesus is, he is part of the Godhead. The Godhead is Jesus, is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They are three in one. Okay? So they're all the same, but operating in different offices. All the same operating in different offices. Uh, it would it would be like if you had three different and they do they they have this three different vice presidents of a corporation, but each of them had a distinct office that they had to work in, and they were not to to bleed over. But when they worked together, it it dealt with the whole of what needed to be dealt with. Okay, so we're dealing with Jesus and he came into earth and he took on a flesh form so that he could understand what we went through while we were here in the earth realm so that he could be clear and catch this so that he could be an example that we could live in this world and overcome the world. Okay? So you got to understand, and, and then ult his ultimate goal in coming was this, that he would reconcile man to God. Now you have to go back to the Old Testament and I don't have scriptures to, to give you for this right now, but you have to go back to the Old Testament and understand that in the Old Testament, the way that they would uh, reconcile their lives and sin and get back in alignment with God was that when they would come to the feast, there was specific feast they would come to and they would offer up a blameless animal and then the priest would then offer that on the uh, altar and God would accept that that is where we get that uh, accept my offering uh, you know let it be a sweet smelling incense in your nose and so if it was right then you know God would accept that offering and they would be good for the next year. They would go off, they would live their lives, they would do the best they could, and then they would return the following year with another animal. Now here was the catch with the animal, is that it had to be pure, it had to be clean, it had to be the best of the best. Now fast forward to Jesus in the temple and uh, he got mad in the temple because what was going on in the temple is they were, it was custom to sell the best for the feast uh, so that people would have the best when they got there because they had to traverse a long, a long way to get to where they had to sacrifice animals. And so in, in, in order that the animal wouldn't die on the trip, people would often bring money. They would save their money and bring their money and they would then, you know, barter or buy what they needed. Fast forward Jesus 
in the temple, turning over the tables, angry. Why? Because people began to abuse it and steal from people. Uh, yeah, it was usury. That's the best word I can come up with. It was usury. And him also understanding that he was here for the purpose of the, the one and true sacrifice. Okay, so he was in the flesh. I think I got off a little bit there, but, but stick with me. Um, he was in the flesh and he recognized that the animals could no longer do the job that needed to be done. The, the earth was growing, people were growing, more animals were being sacrificed. It couldn't be done. There needed to be one sacrifice, and that was him. And so we, we find ourselves in this scripture, Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise put, partook of the same. That's what that's saying. Because of humankind were in flesh and blood, Jesus came down and he partook of the same and that through death, he might render powerless him who had the power of death. That is the devil. So he hung on the cross for our sins. He sacrificed himself. He bled. He died. He died. I need to get this clear that Jesus Christ died. Now, if I stop there, then my theology be, would be all over the place. But he died. He then got up from the grave three days later under his own authority, under his own ability, under his own power. And when I say his own, because he still had the power of God living in him. So he he got up out of the grave. And when he got up out of the grave, it says, I did this, verse 15, so that I might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all of their lives. Now, see, what he was saying here is that people had been stuck in a place of fear from the enemy. He had thrown fear in them, in their lives, and were just stuck in this place. Fear of death, fear of rejection, fear of being alone, fear of, fear of hell. See, because really the only thing that the enemy has to throw at us, brothers, is this. If you don't do right, you're going to go to hell. That's a lie. We are now under the dispensation of grace. When Jesus Christ got up from the grave, I want you to be clear on this, is that we are now living under grace. We no longer live under that old dispensation. And all you have to do to get out of that place is to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Now, let me give you this because I think this is extremely important. Is that this thing is not about the sin nature so much as much as it is about 
rejecting Jesus. Rejecting Jesus and rejecting the work of Jesus. We all came into the world uh, in Psalms. It says we came into the world in sin and sin uh, did our parents, our mothers conceive us. Okay. And because of Adam's sin, we all were in this place. But this is it. When Jesus came, he took down the wall that was between us and God. And now if you reject the work of Jesus, that is what puts you in a place of hell. Too many times we've been fooled and to tricked and bamboozled. I love that word bamboozled and bamboozled into believing that, you know, if you smoke, you go into hell. If you drink, you go into hell. If you sleep with more than one person, you go into hell. If you cuss, you go into hell. Now, I'm telling you, this is the stuff that I learned when I was a kid, right? And I don't know what, what your experience is, but, um, you know, and give your life to Jesus so you don't go to hell. Not, I was never told Give your life to Jesus because of the benefits of living abundantly in the earth right now. It was always because you're going to go to hell if you don't give your life to Jesus. Now, let me get to what we were talking about, okay? Because this is the most important part. That when I give my life to Jesus, I no longer have to fear. Isaiah 41 and 10 says this, says, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. And then he says, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I could quit right there. He steps in and brothers, I need you to get this. Add this to whatever that peace is over your life that you are fearing right now. Because God says this, through the prophet Isaiah, he prophesies into your life today, do not fear, I am with you. Don't be dismayed. And this, this is what I love about this the most, is that after he says, don't fear, then he gives us three statements that will catapult you into a life of an abundance. He says, I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to, that means that I'm going to strengthen you mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially. You will be strengthened. Right? Now, I just, I just listed a whole bunch of stuff. And then it says, I will help you. How will I help you? I will help you as I strengthen you emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, uh, financially. I'm going to help you. That means I'm going to put people in place in front of you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to direct you to the places that you need to be in order for you to see my goodness in the land of the living. And then he says this, not only will I strengthen you, not only will I help you, but when you get weak and it gets heavy 
and the fear tries to slip back in. He says, I'm going to uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm going to pick you up. He says, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. And I'm going to pick you up. Come on. What else do we need? Second Timothy verse number one, uh, chapter number one, verse number seven says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So add this, add this to your repertoire of what you say. My declarations in the morning, I declare that I will not walk in fear. I declare that I have power. I declare that I walk in love. I declare that I have a sound mind. See, the enemy will throw everything and anything at you to put you in a place to make you feel like you're falling apart. See, because this is where the battle rages. Brothers and sisters, if some sisters are listening out here, let me tell you, the battle does not rage with your finance. The battle does not rage with your family. The battle does not rage with your employment. The battle rages in your mind. That's where the battle is. It's in your mind. The enemy will do anything and everything that he can to convince you very subtly that God doesn't care. It's in your mind. But this is the scripture says this. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power. He's given you a spirit of power. He's given you a spirit of love. And he has given you a spirit of a sound mind. Tap into what God has already done. Mm -hmm. Psalm 34 and 4 says this. I sought the Lord <laughs> and he answered me. Hallelujah. And delivered me from all of my fears. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. Yeah. <laughs> That's it right there, y'all. When I went before God with the stuff that I'm dealing with, he answered me and then he delivered me. Now, the one thing that I love, uh, uh, my goodness, I can't believe it's almost 20 minutes. All right, I'm going to keep going because uh, until I hear the Lord say stop, because this is helping somebody. The one thing that I've learned about being delivered is that deliverance is uh, not a process. For years, we were told deliverance is a process. Deliverance is a process. No, when God delivers, he delivers for sure. And it is immediate. The choice is if I'm going to stay around the place that I've been delivered from. And I liken it to uh, a dog or an elephant, because um, I've seen this, who has been tied up to a pole for years. And every time he, he or she uh, animal tried to run, they would get to the five feet and then boom, 
it would stop. They couldn't go no more. If it was 10 feet, whatever it was, they couldn't go. As long as the chain was, boom, it would stop. And they would go back. And they stayed tied to that chain. And boom, and they stayed tied. But then one day, the trainer would come in and cut the chain. And the animal would not leave from the space that the chain from that 10 feet or 15 feet of the chain and the pole. When God delivers you, it's time for you to walk away. Trust that the chain has been cut. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost today. Trust that the chain has been cut and you have the ability to walk away. It says, and he delivered me, what, from my fears. That was the pole. He delivered me from my fears. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter one, verse number nine. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So God is speaking to Joshua. God is speaking to Joshua. Now we've heard from the prophet. We've heard from uh, Paul when he sent the letter to second Timothy is a letter to his son in the gospel. We heard from Isaiah, the prophet. We heard from Paul. We heard from John, the disciple. And now we're hearing from God again. When he spoke directly to Joshua and Joshua penned these words, have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you? If you don't get nothing else out of this today, have I not commanded you? This past month speaking, have I not commanded you? Have I not given you scriptures to hold on to? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. So that means whatever is in your life that is stopping you from going to the next step, don't be afraid. Writing the book, filling out the application starting the business saying yes to the dress <laughs> I, I don't know why I said that but saying yes to that next level of your life because I think that's a big thing for a lot of us we hear God say stuff and we're like nah that's not for me saying yes to that next level. have I not be strong and courageous when these things come up brothers be strong and courageous you heard God say do it do it don't be afraid and don't be dismayed the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go I'm gonna give you two more Psalm 56 says when I'm afraid I will put my trust in you in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Psalms 56, 3 and 4. When I'm afraid, I'm going to put my trust in God. I'm not going to put my trust in my finances anymore because they've always failed me. I'm not going to put my trust in my friends anymore because they failed me. I'm not going to put my trust in people anymore because people fail right? But I want to put my trust in God whose word I praise. 
I will not be afraid. And then he ends it up right here. What can flesh do to me? So David really here is really talking about people and people coming at you and people doing things to you. What can flesh do when I am covered? When I am Psalm 91 covered, he that abides under the shadow of the almighty under his wings and his pinions, will he cover me? Psalm 91 covered. When I'm Psalm 91 covered, what can flesh do to me? Nothing. It's, a, it's one of those questions that the answer comes back, nothing. 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 And this is one of my favorites. Philippians 4 and 6. Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, hallelujah, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me tell you this. I'm going to give you this, and then I'm, I'm going to be gone. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to be gone for today. This is it right here. You cannot walk in fear, because when you walk in fear, you're going to miss out on the freedom that you have as a believer. There is so much more in this world. There is so much more. And brothers, what I'm telling you today, more than anything else, is trust God. Trust him. Believe in him. Honor him. He's got you. He got you through the most difficult, challenging purpose-filled times of your life. I'm telling you, what, what, what do you mean by purpose-filled, Pastor? Because even in the difficult times and the challenging times, he is working out a purpose in you. He's working out something in you that will strengthen you beyond your wildest dreams and your greatest imaginations. That's the type of God we serve. Trust God. Live in freedom and not in fear. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your presence and we say thank you. We thank you for your word in Isaiah that fears not, that tells us to fear not, that you are with us, that you will help us, that you will uphold us, and that you will uh, strengthen us. We thank you today, God, for what your word says that we don't have to walk in fear. We don't have to walk in a place where we have to look over our backs. We don't have to walk in a place where our mind and our body is constantly shuddering because of what is going on around us. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that the presence and the power of the peace of God would fall over every person that is listening to this today that you would pour your power, your presence, and your peace over their lives. 
You said it in your word. Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, uh, let our request be made known unto you. I'm, 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 I'm laying this request out to you. I'm, I'm coming before you today with a supplication for the brothers and the sisters that listen to this word, God, that there would be peace in their life, that they would not find themselves in a place of fear, God. Give us what we need to trust you. For you said in your word, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep our hearts in mind. We need that kind of peace today. We need that kind of peace today so that we can be strong and courageous and begin to walk out the things that you've told us to walk out in our lives. We bless you today, Father, and we magnify you and we glorify you for what you have done and what you are doing. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. And everybody shouted, amen, amen, and amen. All right, brothers. Uh, do not disturb just went off on all of my stuff. So that means it's time for me to go. All right, brothers, listen, have an awesome, awesome day. Uh, spend some time with God today. Spend some time with God today. This was a long one, but I really hope that it helped you. It helped me. So I hope that it helped you. And it's going to push you to where you need to be, that you walk in freedom and not in fear. This is Pastor S. Jeffrey Mons. Thank you so much for being with me today on Morning Meditation for Men. I'm out of here. Peace.